Hello, hello. It's episode 379 of the Keto Diet Podcast. I'm so thrilled that you're hanging out with me today. I hope you're having the best day. I love seeing how you guys listen to the podcast. I get pictures and videos of like where you're listening. So if you haven't already done that, I would love to chat with you on Instagram at Leanne Vogel about where you're listening, what your thoughts are on the show. I just love hearing from you. Today, we're going to be talking with Mark. And she's fabulous. She is a Healthful Pursuit follower, a podcast listener, and we're talking about how she balances her health with her family. Like when you're a mom, you can't prioritize yourself 100%. But how do you prioritize your family and your health and like have that healthy balance? We talk about sleep and different phases of life and conversations with your family, how to set up uh, meal times with your family and how to love on another with food in a healthy way and what that looks like in a not so healthy way and how that can look like for you and your family for the future. It's just a great episode about balancing your personal health with a family and what that looks like. So we talked about Lily Nicole's work, which I will link up to in the show notes. We talked about my six week course, which I will link up to in the show notes. And let's go ahead and talk about who Marta is and what she's all about. So Marta is a wife, a stay at home mom and a freelance marketer growing up very overweight as a child took her down a path of trying every single diet in the book with a broken metabolism and struggling with a food addiction. Marta happened upon the keto diet in an unsuspecting way, finally finding food freedom. She has been on a journey to figure out what health looks like through all the different stages of life, pregnancy, postpartum, sleep deprivation, being overly busy or on a budget. She loves finding new recipes for any meat her husband brings home after hunting and is passionate about fostering a healthy lifestyle for her kids and finding healthy meals for a family on a budget. It's a good one and I hope you enjoy it. If you have a family or even if you have friends that have a family, this episode is for you. So without further ado, let's cut over to it. Welcome to the Keto Diet Podcast, the show all about keto for women so you can burn fat, balance your hormones and heal your body. Starting and maintaining keto can be challenging without the right support. So just for listening to the podcast, I want to give you 20% off the keto beginning with the coupon code keto podcast. That's all one word. This 30 day program gives you a clear step by step how to so you can quickly adapt to a ketogenic diet, avoid common struggles and get the results you crave. Go to healthfulpursuit.com slash begin to get your keto beginning discount today. If you're new around these parts, I'm Leanne Vogel. You may know me as the international bestselling author of The Keto Diet, founder of happyketobody.com, or maybe you know me as the nutritionist that likes dipping pork rinds in avocado oil mayo. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Thanks so much for listening. Hi, Marta. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Leanne? I am so good. I'm so glad we get to chat today. I love it. Me too. I'm so excited to be talking to you and yeah, just get to chat. Cool. Okay. So I just shared your bio, but I would love for you in your own words to just tell us a little bit about yourself before we dive a little deeper. Yeah. So I'm Marta and I am a wife and a mother to two wonderful little boys. I keep me very busy. I have a background in marketing and still do a little freelance work, but I love just focusing on my main role as a homemaker and really just making a wonderful home for my family and our community. And a lot of that revolves around food and lots of activities and fun things. I just love doing that with my husband, my family and other people. And then I get to do some fun marketing on the side too. That's so cool. I love marketing. It's my one of my favorite things. It's so good. And I guess probably a question that a lot of moms are asking, or they will be asking later after we start chatting through things is how do you balance your health, your personal health with managing a family and being a homemaker? Like, how do you, you can't 
spend all the time focused on yourself and how your body's feeling and your nutrition, but you also can't neglect yourself. How do you balance that well? Yeah, that's a huge one. I think as we keep talking, I by no means have it all figured out. I'm still learning and finding new you know techniques and things that work and every phase of life that comes along, I think especially as as women, we have so many different stages for our lives of, you know, whether you're single, whether you're pregnant, whether it's motherhood, whether it's postpartum, whether you're in your career, whether you're out, whether you're keeping a home, whatever it is, there's so many different things that we just juggle. And as you know, Leanne, so much with hormones. (laughs) So, you know, what does that look like and how does it work in every stage of life? And I'm still figuring it out. I think, you know, we have a few things that are going really well for us, but yeah, still figuring my biggest thing is figuring out the sleep aspect. (laughs) So if you can help me with that, Leanne, that would be great. (laughs) What's going on with your sleep? I mean, just the, I've got a five and a half month old and I sleep really great, except for obviously when, when he gets up and I just lack of sleep, you, you know, especially as a mom, you want to do it all. You want to just have everything one, at least for me, I want to do all the things, get them all done, have so much fun, but also cook all the meals. And so just finding those strategies so that I'm not, you know, kids are down and now I can get everything I wanted to get done during the day done. And so I'll go to bed late and then you still get up early with kids and you get up in the night with kids. So it's a self-inflicted problem that I need to, you know, just figure out strategies and find something that works. And thankfully I have an extremely supportive husband who is amazing. And so him and I, or working through some things to help get me more sleep and but still keep you know food as a priority for us and having you know wonderful home-cooked meal I love I love creating just like a table of fellowship with our family and with guests and everybody who can come in and so you know keeping that still a priority but you know you don't have time to make everything from scratch so where's the balance and finding that life balance and that's huge like you said for moms is where's that balance yeah and shifting like you were saying with the phases of life understanding you know if you have little ones your sleep probably isn't going to be like when you have 20 year olds you know like it's just it's a different season or even when you have teenagers and you're worried about them and the stress of that might keep you up they're not waking you up but they're keeping you up with the things that are going on in their lives and so yeah and I think something that you mentioned of just I think so often, whether we have children or things we need to do, the expectation of I need to get all this done. And at the end of the day, feeling completely overwhelmed because it wasn't as perfect as you want. It just could have been better. I think weighs heavily on so many of us and can cause some pretty serious health issues if we don't say, okay, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be all homemade and it's going to be the best that it can be in this season of life. Would you agree? Exactly. I was, I was just talking to my cousin actually about this and she has four kiddos and that same thing of, you know what? Fridays are going to be disposable dishware night. And so you don't have to worry about dishes because that's, we're taking that off the table or, you know, what are those meals that you can get some, you know, a frozen bag of this and a rotisserie chicken and whatever it is and throw it together in 10 minutes. And you're, you know, you still can all sit down and have this time together. Cause I, I do feel like that's a lost art to a lot of families as days is we're not sitting down. We're not enjoying our food. We're not fellowshipping together and having a conversation while you eat. That is something that I just love to do. And, but how can you do that quicker? Yeah. You're not making everything from scratch necessarily, but can you go and buy that rotisserie chicken or whatever it may be? But yeah. Have you always sat down with your family and had a conversation and everyone's all there? Has that always been a thing or is that a new thing? Or what was that like for you guys? Yeah. Yeah. So growing up, it was, we were <laughs> going back from that, I guess, super standard American diet. And I, I think a lot of, you know, our parents, I'm a millennial and I think a lot of our parents had a lot of that all of a sudden the super ultra processed food come to market. And, you know, maybe we didn't know as much about it yet. And it was just like, what can you get in a can and processed and, you know, from the shelf really quick. So we did a lot of just takeouts, a lot of processed foods, and we didn't always sit down a lot together. We did probably do more homemade meal or, you know, meals together as a family for the most part, definitely getting older. I'm, you know, the youngest with two brothers. So by the time they were off at college, it was just kind of fun for yourself (laughs) come dinner time. So it wasn't always a thing that we would do, but I just, 
you know, becoming a homemaker, just being with other moms who are like-minded and just seeing the, uh, we, we have at our church, a lot of families who have really big families and just the amazing fruit that has come from sitting down with your kids and your spouse from, you know, the busyness of the day and just taking this moment as a family to like check in with one another and over an amazing meal that, you know, and celebrating even, even mom in this moment of like, wow, like, look what you made for us. This is wonderful. And we're enjoying it. And we're giving thanks together and we're talking about each other and we're, you know, we're doing this around food, which can be so demonized, which I know for me, just, I, I grew up with a lot of unhealthy food habits, I guess you could say, just with the standard American diet that comes along with that. And so, you know, not only for myself wanting to create this really great setting for my family and for others that we can invite over, but also for my kids that they get to to enjoy all of this and experience food in a very positive way that I think is just missed so much. So it's, it's not something I grew up with, but I saw as an example through others. And even a lot of people on your podcast, Leanne, just hearing from other people who were discussing these things with, with their kids. It's just something that I've really wanted to do. And I've, I've seen a lot of food, even in our own family doing this. That's wonderful. I know that my family was pretty adamant at all of us sitting down and having dinner together. And I, as a child, thought it was the silliest thing. I mean, we had our moments, but like, you know, my parents would like force information out of me and I'd have to share things. But, you know, looking back, there was some like really good memories of sitting down. And I think as I've gotten older, especially because there's just the two of us, oftentimes I'm like, yeah, here's dinner. I'm just going to go eat in my office sort of thing. And I've noticed lately, like at least one meal a day, you know, to just like sit down and how was your day? What did you do? What are your thoughts? What are you struggling with? Like telling jokes, showing things that we found on the internet that day, whatever it is to share is really important in that connection around food. It makes the moment special. And that, that's a really awesome thing that you're doing for your family. And I'm sure many families could benefit from that, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely something in, in, in our heart that we love sharing with others. And, and, and it gives you an excuse to invite people over and get to know other people and, and be involved in their lives too, instead of being so siloed, which especially, you know, with having kids, I feel like you can do, and, and even not having kids, you can get so involved in what you're doing in your careers that you don't, yeah, in, invite others in and walk alongside each other. And so, yeah, we've really enjoyed it. It was definitely very different before having kids. I would say that it wasn't as much of a priority because you are just go, go, go. So I'm impressed with you guys um, sitting down together and, and doing that when you can, because it's, yeah, it's a different ball game for sure. It totally is. And I'll be honest, our family experience is a lot different from other people's. Like my husband and I spend every waking moment together, 24, seven, 365 all the time. Like we are conjoined at the hips, like, you know, so I think it's a little bit different. Whereas some families, I mean, if there's just two people, sometimes it can be ships in the night. And we definitely experienced that for years working in corporations and just rarely see each other. So that has been a priority for us for a while. And I think to touch on your point too, I remember growing up, my parents would want the home to be a certain way before we had guests over. And it was this whole stressful thing of like tidying up everything. And I noticed over the last couple of years, how anxious I would get having people over, like, are the windows dirty? Do we need to clean, like put away all the laundry and and make it perfect. And like, nobody's, if your house looks like that, like, of course, things are going to be untidy. Like they shouldn't be all over the place just on a daily basis for your family's sake and for your sake and your toes. And you don't want to break anything. But like, generally speaking, if you're having people over, they're not going to be judgmental the fact that there's fingerprints on the fridge, like it's fine. And that the blessing that comes from having, I love having people over for dinner. It's one of my favorite things. I just love it so much. Yes. And I think just going off of that too. Yes. Where did this like, you know, the idea that like everything has to be perfect and like, let's hide all of our things, you know, and there's an aspect of, yes, have order to your home. That That is a good thing. You know, our, our world has order and, and bringing that into your home is, is good. And we can thrive in that. But like you said, like, it should not be a stressful thing where, you know, heaven forbid the toddler touches a window, you know, and like, oh, oh, yes, yes, exactly. My friend had even said, you know, if you want to come see me, you're welcome anytime. If you want to see my house, make an appointment, you know, because <laughs> for that. And it's all about that relationship with others. And, and I, and that's what I just love about 
I mean, I would never have said this years ago, but I now, especially more recently, that's what I love about food. It is such a powerful way to love one another and to be involved in other people's lives. You can always invite a neighbor, a friend, a coworker, someone going through, you know, you're celebrating, invite them over. You're having a hard time, you invite them over. You have a meal. It's this excuse to get together. And I just love, and I feel like we've just lost that because food has become such a, it can be such a, a demonized thing. And, you know, and, and what you talk about too, Leanne, of just how healing it is and how helpful it is to our bodies. And we've just, I think so long because of this negative diet culture, food can be so stressful to people or having people over, like you said, even with the home, it can be so stressful. And so taking that burden off and just letting people come and fellowship and having this just lovely time. It doesn't have to be beautiful and perfect. I am not a great cook by nature, but you know, praise the Lord. He's given me a husband who will eat anything. (laughs) And so whenever I ruin something, he goes, ah, it's not too bad. And then it's his lunch for the next four days. (laughs) But it's, you know, I think just taking this stress is off and, you know, obviously you want to fuel your body well, but you know, not having that stress about it. And how do we not, for me specifically, how do I not pass on my extremely bad habits and bad relationship with food to my kids and let them have that food freedom that I feel like I found with specifically a ketogenic diet? You know, those nights you go to bed knowing based on your activity that day that there's a good chance you're going to wake up sore, or maybe you deal with chronic pain. Mine is neck pain. Oh, it's just horrible. And are tired of the creams and tinctures that just don't provide the relief you're needing? Tell me about it. When Eaton Hemp created their CBD infused super salve, a combination of organic coconut oil, organic beeswax, organic birch bark and arnica infused with MCT oil, organic peppermint essential oil. I was beyond excited to put it to the test. And after years of putting it to the test, I can tell you it works. Applied before self-massage, spread over the feet, and putting your socks on before bed. That's one of my favorite ways. On any sore muscle, ache, or pain, I just love it. That includes period cramps. When you go to eatenhemp.com slash keto diet, you will save 25% with the code keto diet and you'll be given a 30 day money back guarantee. Doesn't work for you. Get your money back. Use the code keto diet at eatenhemp.com slash keto diet. Yeah. I mean, if you think of when you're going through a traumatic experience or you've just had surgery, like the one thing that somebody can show their love for you is to make a meal and bring it over. Like it's the best thing. And I've definitely learned over the last year. So having really loving people in my life, they do love on me with food and it is such a nourishing, wonderful experience to have a friend to say, come on over. I want to make you a meal. And that's just so lovely. And I think that that's definitely, it's, I don't think I've ever experienced that in my adult life. And those relationships are some of the most special that I've had ever. When somebody just says, come on over for lunch. I want to make you something like that is so lovely. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. And so you mentioned earlier in your history and just how you grew up with a standard American diet. Now you just mentioned keto. What was that transition like and why that shift? Yeah. So yes, like I said, I grew up very standard American diet and there was a lot of that food as a love language and food is love. And so we would, you know, it'd be coming home to my mom making brownies for us. And there was lots of sweets and, you know, going out for Dairy Queen a lot of the time. So it wasn't healthy options by any means, but it was a way, you know, specifically that my mom would show us love. And so I, though, through that did develop just a really unhealthy relationship with food. I was over like extremely overweight and just a sugar addiction, like crazy. And looking back and and understanding more now, just metabolically so broken. And that just led down the road of a bunch, trying a bunch of different diets and yo-yo dieting and all through probably middle school through college really. And after getting married, we just kind of, you know, living on that newlywed budget. (laughs) So that was a lot of after church getting Costco hot dogs that were a buck 50 in a diet Coke. And, you know, I think like, oof, by that point, I really should have known better, but it was just, what's kind of the cheapest thing. And, you know, we might have a nice meal here and there, but you know, you're just kind of, you're saving, you're doing all the things. And then we ended up, you know, really realizing we've really packed on a few pounds and we're not feeling as good. Let's try something different. And 
we had found it's called a nutritarian diet and it's essentially a really strict vegan diet. And we did that for a few months and I felt horrible. I mean, I clearly was not eating enough. I don't naturally love vegetables and, and things like that. And so I wasn't eating necessarily enough. I definitely wasn't getting enough protein. I'm losing hair. I'm just, I remember specifically, I could not stop thinking about food and my, I would just like dream about pizza, like the saltiest pizza with olives and pepperoni, just like dripping in grease. <laughs> and it was so, it was horrible. And it was terrible. But then we kind of ended that. And I just was like trying to do whole foods. But for me, I realized with food addiction and everything, I really did not do well with moderation. I couldn't do it. I was that alcoholic that you were given a drink and I would just keep falling off the deep end. And I had a running buddy at the time who we'd gone to high school together with and, and would run together. And she actually had suffered from seizures her whole life. And her doctor finally recommended she had gotten to a point where she was having multiple seizures a day. And her doctor had said, you know what, let's try a ketogenic diet with you. And so they did that. And she went from having multiple seizures a day to 11 in a month. And it was like, so huge. And it was so great, you know, running another thing too. When you're running with a friend, you get to chat so much. So we talked about a ton of this and it was amazing to see. I hadn't heard of the ketogenic diet or anything like that yet. I, you know, had tried every diet it seemed out there, but not keto. And so I was talking to her more about that. And because of her seizures, she had moved back in with her parents. And so she was just having kind of a hard time too of just, it was just her, her parents weren't doing it. So having to do a lot by herself. And so I'd been thinking and kind of toying around with the idea of, you know, maybe I should come along and we can keep each other accountable and we could do that together. And then my husband actually came home one day and randomly says, Hey, a bunch of guys at work want to do this keto diet thing. And this is a Friday. And he says, can we start on Monday? I was like, um, what? And I, you know, but part of me was like, well, I've been talking to my friend about this and I actually was thinking about it. And so maybe we, let's just do it. Okay, sure. And it was actually a really good thing because normally I love to figure all the things out and have all my ducks in a row. And, you know, it's that failure to launch kind of situation where it's, there's just so much out there that you get so bogged down that you can't actually get started. And so it was really good to just, all I had was a weekend and I needed to figure out the bare bones of keto and go grocery shopping and start it on Monday. And that was really great for me. And we just did it. And it was very strict keto right off, you know, from the get go. And looking back, there was a lot of things that I would do differently, but I at least was stubborn enough that I was like, I can stick with this and we can do this. And I know, and I had my strict guidelines, which again, for me being someone who was a recovering like sugar addict and everything, it was really good to just say, no, like cut that out. You, you know, for me, it was a healthy thing to say, you can't have that. That's just, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to waste my energy on, well, can I just have one piece of this? Because that's going to lead to five pieces. So that was really helpful. But then I did find that I was getting like, just, it's kind of stuck in everything. I was trying to find more information and, and things out there. And I actually found a random person's like, I mean, barely any followers. I don't know how I found this person's YouTube video who was talking about keto. And I would listen to it while doing other things and doing work and whatnot. And she brought up your podcast, actually, Leanne. And she had said, I wouldn't be where I was because Leanne and I've been listening to her podcast. And I started then you like were the gateway drug, your podcast. Because <laughs> then from your podcast, I heard about all these other people and then I could go and like listen to them. And, you know, I always kind of came back to you. But the main part, not only the knowledge and information, but it was the motivation because I didn't have anybody else besides, you know, my friend and my husband, but just really keep me accountable and keep me motivated. And that's what I felt like your podcast actually really did. And I know this, you know, our conversation right now isn't just supposed to be puffing up your podcast by any means, but it really was a game changer for me to keep me motivated to say like, okay, yes, like there are other people out there doing this. There's, you know, I can stick to this. Okay. You know, I'm having these cramps. Oh, I should be drinking and supplementing with electrolytes. I had no idea, you know, and, and all these things. And so that was just an amazing kind of roller coaster. And I, I did clearly struggle with a lot of keto flu at the beginning because I didn't supplement with electrolytes. I really went cold turkey and that was a poor choice probably, but it worked in the long run and, you know, got keto adapted. And it was the first time, I'm not even kidding, Leanne, in my life that I had finally 
felt that food freedom that people talk about. And I'm at this point, I must be 27 maybe. And not once in my life had I ever felt like I was not constantly thinking about food. And, you know, not that I ever had suffered from any eating disorders or anything like, you know, or anything like that, but it was just, I could fast. I could go with, if I had to skip a meal, I could do it. And I wouldn't become, you know, incredibly hangry. And my husband even said at one point, cause I came home from work one day and he's like, you know what? He's like, you know, I, I always love you, but I really love this whole keto diet thing and how not hangry you are. <laughs> like, you know what? I really love it too. Thank you. <laughs> it was just, you know, I didn't have to constantly be eating these six small meals a day and packing all this food throughout the day and thinking about when's the next meal. And it was just so freeing. And I, I had that whole brain on fire with keto type of thing. Like I could tell, I was like, oh my goodness, this is what my body has been needing. And it was just so great of like my hormones just felt like they were regulating and everything. And so then I was in such a good spot. I was like losing, you know, extra body fat. It was wonderful in a very healthy way. And I ended up getting a new job and my husband and I moved down to Nashville, Tennessee. And when we came here, it was like a very healthy decision that I was like, you know what, I'm going to not completely stop keto because I was just in love with it and loved it. I was like, you know what, I am totally giving permission for myself to try all the things. We're in a new, a new home, a new culture. Cause we came from Michigan down to Tennessee. And I was like, I want to try the hot chicken. I want to try the Mac and cheese. I want to, you know, try all these great new restaurants. And, and it was this, the first time I also felt guilt-free in it, which I had never experienced before. It was wild and so, so wonderful. And, you know, kind of, unfortunately that did kind of ride its way into the holidays as well. Cause we, we came in August and so tried kind of, you know, soon came Thanksgiving and Christmas, but afterwards I was like, you know what? I need to, you know, get focused again and, you know, get back to keto and was so excited to jump on that train again. And my first week I had everything planned out and I was going for it and I got super, super sick and I was nauseous as could be. And was like, Oh my goodness, what? Like, and I even remember texting my husband and being like, all I want to do is go get a like turkey sandwich from somewhere. And that's just what I want. Just like bread and meat and bland. And that's what I just need to go do. Cause I had this like really wonderful keto, actually your keto jambalaya recipe that's in one of your cookbooks. And I had made it for the whole week and I could not look at it. And little did I know it was morning sickness and I was pregnant. Oh, <laughs> it was like, that's you know, it was, it was so wonderful because I had actually over the holidays had been, and, and it's very strange. I still don't know, but since moving to Nashville had been having some issues with my cycle and it just completely disappeared. And I was, and so I had gone to the OB actually to kind of figure out like, Hey, I know specifically listening to your podcast was the first time talking about women's hormones. And I was like, I know not having my period is not a healthy thing and I don't have it. And I need to figure out why like, I feel fine, but you know, let's, let's try and figure this out. And so I actually thought I, I ended up having a little bit higher testosterone. And then I have, my mom has a history of infertility and then I didn't have a period. So it was all these things kind of leading up to it. And so I assumed I was going to have infertility problems and was totally okay with that. We were really comfortable with adopting. And, you know, I was like, you know, when we want to have kids, we're just going to go that route and it's no big deal. And then next thing you know, we're pregnant. <laughs> I, you know, it was, it was such a wonderful blessing, but a, definitely a shift of gears. And so kind of going into what does this look like in stages of life of, you know, okay, you move and, you know, you're totally fine and comfortable with, with maybe not sticking strict keto, but you're going to eat, you know, whole, good whole food but you're going to go out for hot chicken. And then now I'm pregnant and having horrible morning sickness. I mean, it was not fun. And I'm sure other women have it way worse, but just, I could not look at meat. It was so hard to think of like, or vegetables. All I wanted to do, Leanne was eat cheese. It's all day. It was horrible. I was like, no, I'm like, my body is growing a baby and I need nutrients. And I did settle. There was a while that I could get through with like, rice and some like frozen vegetables and a little bit of rotisserie chicken and just butter and salt and pepper. And I would mix that all up and I could like get through with that. And so that was a big game changer, at least for the nutrition wise. But yeah, so then how to then navigate that? And I, I was able to, I use Lily Nichols, Real Food for Pregnancy book, which I highly recommend to anybody who is pregnant. She just is awesome. I think she's been on your podcast a time or two.
A while back, we received a question on the podcast about keto bars and how easy it is to eat two, three, or four bars in one sitting. Now, I've thought a lot about this like for quite a while, and I too struggled with it to the point where I couldn't have keto bars in the house because I would eat far too many in place of preparing like a proper balanced keto meal. There are some days where a take along with you bar is convenient and at times absolutely necessary. So I started looking for an alternative, something more balanced and a bar that would deliver nutrients, not just a balance of macros where my body would be satiated by one and not in search of more and more and more. Like I think one time I had six keto bars in one sitting and I didn't feel so good after. And then I found that very bar. So here are the ingredients in the new bar that I'm now eating only one of at at each sitting. Organic cashew butter, organic tapioca fiber syrup, 100% grass-fed bone broth protein, organic dried apples, organic dates, organic pumpkin seeds, organic superfood blend, which includes organic kale, organic broccoli, organic spinach, organic acerola, organic wild blueberry, organic spirulina, organic ginger, organic turmeric, organic sunflower lecithin, organic cinnamon, organic flavors, Himalayan pink sea salt, organic rosemary extract, and monk fruit extract. Now this is made with certified organic, if you didn't catch that, organic, (laughs) antioxidant-rich superfoods, cold-pressed, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, non-GMO, contains healthy proteins, fats, and vital nutrients, no added sugars, artificial sweeteners, or sugar alcohols. It's very low in natural sugars at four grams or less, depending on the flavor, and it's whole food-based. Now, this bar is from Paleo Valley. They call it the superfood bar, and I'm happy to report I eat one, and I'm satiated, and I move on. No more bar binges. Now this is huge, 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 huge for me. Head on over to paleovalley.com, load up your cart with superfood bars and whatever else you find that tickles your fancy, enter the code KETO at checkout and receive 15% off your first order. Again, that's paleovalley.com and use the code KETO for 15% off your first order. She has. She's brilliant. I recommend her book to everyone, everybody that is like, I've just everybody. <laughs> yes, exactly. Everybody, <laughs> even if you're not pregnant, read her book. It's fantastic. And she, I think it's just very much like you just in with the data and everything and research. And she has so many great sources. So I, I really then was helpful towards the end when I kind of got through the morning sickness to help follow that. But then comes postpartum. And that was a whole new ball game. I just did not realize just the um, ways that sleep deprivation affects you and everything. And was just, I really struggled there. And that's where, honestly, we really relied. My work was so wonderful. And they had started a meal train for us. So they brought us a bunch of food, which was so helpful. And our church brought us a whole bunch of food, which was so helpful because I was just like, I don't know how to keep this little baby alive and feed myself. And (laughs) I remember I went a few days, uh, a woman had brought me oatmeal cookies. And I like sat on the couch eating those for a lot of time. Like, cause I was just like, I'm so hungry. I just need something. And so trying to figure that out took a while and round two, I feel like we're getting in a rhythm, but it took a while. And like going back and listening to a lot of either your podcasts or like any of the podcasts that Lily Nichols had been on. And then it wasn't until I think it was about six months with my son that I felt like, okay, we've got naps and schedules down. I feel like I can, I can function a little bit better. I transition from working full time to motherhood. Like, what does that look like? You know, and was able to sit down and say, you know what, I'm going to go for a hundred days and I'm going to start working out and I'm going to eat a ketogenic diet. And I researched a bunch of, okay, like how does that affect uh, milk supply and how do you go through that? And so I did that for a hundred days and I was, again, I need guardrails. I'm just one of those people who need them. And it was so helpful to know, okay, I'm getting up. Here's the workout I'm going to do. And here's the food I'm going to make. That was it. But it was the most wild thing. And Leanne, me telling you this, you're going to be like, well, I could have told you that, (laughs) you know, because I look back and I'm like, oh my goodness, what was I thinking? But I was getting no sleep. And even though I was being really strict with this and, you know, I was eating all the ketogenic thing, I did not have that amazing ketogenic feeling that I did when I didn't have kids and I didn't have all these hormones that were going crazy. And I wasn't nearly as sleep deprived as I is now with, you know, a new baby and everything. And I would still get up. I 
new moms maybe feel the same way, but I had this like just this urge. I had to hoard breast milk. So I would get up even when my son was sleeping through the night, I would still get up at like three o'clock or 3am and I would pump. Even though he wasn't getting up, I would get up to pump. It was the dumbest thing, Leanne. It was so dumb. (laughs) And I would spend an hour because I wasn't even producing much at that, like in the middle of the night and I would produce nearly nothing. And then he would wake up at five. So then I'd go to sleep at four. He'd wake up at like five and then I'd nurse him and I would get like no sleep. It was so bad. And now looking back, I was like, oh my goodness, I was probably so sleep deprived. My hormones were probably so wacky because of that. And then I'm stressing out over my sleep deprivation, putting my body through, you know, a 30 minutes to 50 minute workout a day and all this food, I probably needed to eat a few more carbs. And I was being more lenient with my carbs because I knew I did need a little bit higher threshold while breastfeeding, at least for me and tapering down. But I just, I knew like looking back now, my hormones were so wild. And after that 100 days, I lost some weight of the baby weight. I, I did feel a little bit better, but not like I did before where you're like, you're feeling like you're thriving. And so I look back now thinking, oh my goodness, I need to prioritize that sleep. I think that that was the game changer. And so then I finally, I did kind of loosen up the reins a little bit with that and still tried to figure out, okay, where do I go with this and trying to still eat keto, but maybe I need to add a few more carbs and do some more carb ups, which I did feel like really, it really helped. And just navigating for these, these next few months, what does my life look like? Not necessarily strict keto, but still living and eating in a way that helps my body to thrive and to, you know, support my family and, and be in the role that I'm in. You know, my firstborn was getting older and such an active toddler, all boy, just like wild as can be. And I love it. I mean, running, jumping, all the things, and it keeps me young and exhausted, but in such a good way. And so, you know, I was, I feel like I was starting to get in this rhythm of, you know, still eating that, you know, low carb, but not strict keto. And I think that that was starting to really help get things kind of back in, in order hormonally. And I, I'm still kicking myself. I'm like, Oh, I wish I would have, I didn't even have a primary care doctor to, to order any labs or anything, but I'm like, Oh, I wish I would have known, you know, now all the, the blood work and, and stuff that you talk about in your podcast. I'm like, Oh, I wish I would have checked this at this point and this, and had these markers because you just, you don't know what is really going on. And then we ended up getting pregnant again. Gosh, this would have been, this is over a year ago now. And so I got pregnant again. And, and again, that was one that we weren't necessarily trying for, but you know, we were blessed with this, you know, wonderful new baby. And it was such a wonderful pregnancy. I was like, I have no morning sickness. This is just great. I'm this pregnancy is going to be amazing baby number two. And I ended up miscarrying with that baby early January. And that was just really hard. I felt like everything was going so well that I hadn't even really gone in and gotten anything checked. And so the first time really I got to see my baby was after, you know, miscarrying him or her. And so after that, just being so crushed by that, I just committed to myself. I was like, you know what? I was like, you know, God, you have given us these bodies to care for. And I'm not saying that it was anything that I had eaten or anything like that necessarily, but what can I do to create like the best environment for, you know, a baby that you would bless me with and really just wanted to focus on, I need to get my hormones right. You know, I was still breastfeeding and still trying to do a hundred things like every, you know, mom is and, and, you know, okay, I need to do this. And so I bought your course land, the six weeks program. And I was going through all of the videos for that. And it was so helpful of, again, it's just giving that plan, I guess that you can just, you can follow. And it helped me just to focus so much on your hormones. You know, even though you don't necessarily talk about, Hey, do this to have kids. It's a way that, you know, as women, our bodies in an optimal state should be ready and fertile for babies. Like that's, you know, one of the amazing things that women's bodies can do. And that is such a great indicator of health. Like you just preach this all the time and I love it. And so it was so great to you know, focus on that and say, okay, if I can do these things. And it was the first time I heard about seed cycling and, you know, my almost 30 years, it was like, nobody had told me about seed cycling. You know, this is amazing at how we can use these amazing foods to support our, our hormones and how that really works with our cycle. And, and even just the breakdown of our cycle. Again, I had felt like I was so involved with food and how it's affecting my body, but I never really dove in deep to my cycle and figuring out, okay, how can I support my hormones in this and support my body to almost like, it sounds so weird to say, but like, enjoy your cycle and <laughs> let your body really thrive. And I feel like your program was so helpful in that. And so 
I ended up, I had my miscarriage in January. And then shortly after I started your program, I was watching the videos and, and diving into that and starting to track everything with my cycle. And I, I ended up having my period back in February. And I was so like from there, I was tracking and, you know, when am I ovulating and all these things. And so I had one of my, of my cycle felt so in tune with my body than after this. And just felt again, like after postpartum and breastfeeding, it feels really hard to get in tune with your body again, because <laughs> you're just, you're go, go, go. You're caring for little ones. You're sleep deprived. You're, you know, giving all these things. And so it was the first time in so long that I felt like in control of it to a degree and, and in a healthy way of being able to support it. Be like, Oh, I recognize you need this. Like I recognize I need more protein. I need more fat. I need more carbs. You know, I can do these things to support my hormones in these ways. And I really do think that was a huge reason why we got pregnant after one cycle and have now this beautiful, wonderful, thriving baby who is just such a joy and going into, you know, after having this, you know, loss of a baby to having a baby and just that, that joy in that and realizing so much of grateful that God has made our bodies in such a way to do this and that we can support our bodies and our hormones in such a way that, you know, that is, is glorifying. And then our, we produce these amazing babies. It is so incredible that I was just so grateful to your course to help me realize that and to like, be a kick in the pants. And I've been listening to your podcast for so long that I don't know why things didn't click sooner, you know? But yeah. And so now here we are, I'm at five and a half months and my second baby is going to be starting solid soon. And I'm um, going down that road has been so fun to just think about, okay, now how do I get to pass on this wonderful gift of food to my children and not giving them this, you know, not having a great relationship with food for me growing up. Not that it was necessarily negative, but I made it negative because I started associating it with weight gain or not feeling good and didn't feel like I had power over that. But being able now to pass on to my kids, and that's why I think dinners are such an important part for our family too, is that like, look at this beautiful time we can have with food and look at how we can nourish our bodies and look at, you know, these, how we can pair these wonderful flavors together and, and even having a discussion of like, do, you know, does this make your body feel good or, you know, does it not? And, you know, my two and a half year old, he's in the stage where he knows when he's missing out on something, we were able to, for such a young age, you know, fill them full of sardines and liver and all the things. And uh, my husband hunts. So it's really fun to just experiment with a lot of foods and, you know, with whatever he brings home. And it's so fun having my son who his favorite food, he will tell you is deer heart. Like <laughs> he loves it. And him and my husband, you know, he'll come home and we'll just fry it up with a little, maybe some salt and, you know, uh, some butter and he will eat so much. We're like, okay, I, maybe you do need to just like hold off a little bit that and liver. And, you know, just thinking, I grew up thinking those were the grossest things. Why would you ever eat that? You know, and kind of aside, it's really helpful. My husband too, he, he grew up in Kenya. And so they, you know, they live in a very primitive village where, the fat and organ meat, those were things that were the best parts. Those were, you know, if you're having a wedding feast and you, you know, you kill a, a cow or something for it, the guests of honor, they get all the, you know, the liver and the organs and all the fattiest pieces. And so it's so interesting to see all of that. And now not putting negative thoughts on any foods for my son and seeing how one of his favorite things too, if we do have like a steak or something, he wants the fat. He's just, you know, it's nothing we pushed on him, but he just knows like, oh, well, this tastes really good. And, you know, we're intentional about not doing a lot of processed foods and just bring that, you know, for, again, he's now getting to a stage where he knows if he's missing out and we don't want to make anything, you know, quote unquote bad. Um, and so if we're out and he wants to have a cookie, okay, you know, you can, we're, we're not going to say, you know, no, you can't have that or anything, but having that in, in moderation and what does that look like? And then at home, you know, we get to have these wonderful nourishing meals and it's just been really fun too, shifting that mindset of, you know, food being bad. And it's, it's just the struggle between me and food all the time to, wow, like what a blessing that God hasn't given us just brown mush to constantly eat. Like he could have just given us like, oh, here's a, you know, a pile of brown mush and that's what people eat. No, he gave us 
this amazing, vast variety of foods and animals and, you know, that we get to experiment with and, and create with and, you know, just put flavors together and thinking about that. And even as, as time has gone on, you know, it used to be, again, a small village and these are all the ingredients that you have. And now we have this amazing technology that we can expand and you can get different flavors and you can combine things and you're going to have so much fun with that and realizing the blessing that that is. And then going back to, you know, what can I support my body with and using these whole foods and nourishing it? And how does that affect hormones and seeing this beautiful dance between our body and food and fellowshipping together? And what does that all look like? And it's just been so revolutionary that in every step and walk of life, okay, but can we come back to this? How can we use food to support? I think for women, hormones, but above all, it makes you, that's what's going to just be such a make or break for how you're feeling is, is something out of whack or not. And how do we support that? And then, you know, being able to share in, in this wonderful meals and foods and snacks and whatever it might need to be with others. And we're, we're trying to really cut back on the snacks because toddlers, I tell you, they are snack machines <laughs> and that fight of like, no more snacks today. We are waiting for lunch, <laughs> nothing. But even with that, of what can we make, you know, together, that's fun is just, I think keeping that mindset all, no matter what stage you're in is such a huge aspect, you know, just moving forward because everything's going to change. Like I said, for women, we're going to change. You're going to either get pregnant, you're going to be in postpartum, you're going to change jobs, you're going to move to a new city. And can you keep that mindset though, that like, this is a blessing and this is so wonderful. And like, what is the fun that I can have with food and like really being present while you're eating and like how how great is it that we're not just eating brown mush like just thinking of that like we that our taste buds are here and i, I think that too has been a new realization for me of keeping yourself level headed enough to not get too stuck in the weeds and just be grateful that you have this food and you know i don't know if i'm going to be able to if the strict ketogenic diet is going to be like in my future i don't know i part of me would love it because i just had such a great thriving time but i I also think that it's going to involve more carbohydrates and playing with flavors and supporting my hormones with, you know, whether it's seed cycling or whatever it may be. And, and how do you incorporate that into meals? I mean, you know, with sesame seeds and supporting your cycle, it's like, okay, well, what kind of maybe Asian dishes can you use with this and to get these in? And yeah, I, that was a long, a long way, Leanne, to say, I think, I don't even know what question you asked, <laughs> but here we are. I really hope you're enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. It was so beautiful and so inspiring. And Marta, you're amazing. And I just really enjoyed listening to you share your life story and your lessons. And there's so many things that you touched on from focusing on sleep and wishing you'd run blood work when you felt, you know, looking back now, you're like, oh, I wish I would have known what that would have been and, and not going so strict. And something that you said of just like leaving keto and not going back, I think oftentimes, I know for myself, with where my health is at right now, I just, I cannot be strict keto. And I often think like how, you know, there's all these things, you know, I host the keto diet podcast. I have written keto books, you know, there's like this whole, like, how come I can't do this? And, you know, to go back to the seasons and phases, you know, there are certain times in our life and where my health is at right now. I just, I can't, it would be not great for me to do it with the mold stuff going on. And though I am low carb, I feel much better having carbohydrates and it's not a lot. I'm still under a hundred grams a day, but I'm not a strict keto. And I still do like, because we idolize those things and we're like, Oh, but it was so great then. And I do that with pictures of myself from a week ago. I'm like, oh, my nose looks so great. Why doesn't it look like that anymore? It's like, what? That was last week, Leah. Like get a grip. So we always do this. And I think you highlighted some beautiful points from seeing food as nourishment and enjoying your cycle. And I mean, just 
so many bits. Marta, thank you so much for sharing your experience and your life and being so open. And I know that this is encouraged and inspired. I'm sure many women that have listened today and any final thoughts for us? Yeah, no, I think the biggest thing is it's, yeah, that's where I wanted to share my story is just because one, your podcast, Leanne has been just so encouraging and listening to other women. I, I think you're just, you've been used as such a great tool for other women to encourage each other and, and to, to help troubleshoot because we don't always have the nutritious community around us that might be, you know, in the same journey that we're on. And so to hear all these women that you have given as a soundboard for us has been so wonderful. And I encourage, I mean, anyone who's listening right now, like I just encourage you to keep listening (laughs) to more women and all the things, because there's going to be something down the road that you're going to hear that is you're going to say, Oh, wow. Wait, I remember that one person who went through this and be able to, to use that. I just, I hope that this, this story helps um, some other people because there's so many has helped me. And that's, I just, I want others to be able to live a life with um, food freedom and flourishing. And I'm just so grateful to you, Leanne, for being honestly a big part, even though this is the first time we really met, just a big part of my life and finding this and not being, I, I've loved watching your journey. Like you said, you host the ketogenic diet podcast, but it's so helpful to see that even you, you can go through these different phases. So I'm not sitting here being like, why can't I be strict keto? Like why well, it worked one time. Why is it not working now? But you, you've said it so many times too. It's a tool. It's a tool in your tool belt. You know, sometimes that's carnivore. Sometimes it's low carb. Sometimes it's keto. And it's, it's a wonderful dance that we get to figure out of what's going to work for us right now. And I'm just so grateful for you and, and really appreciate you having me on. Oh, Marta, thank you so much for coming on and for your lovely words. You know, you sit, I sit in front of my laptop and create all these things and I don't always get to hear, you know, and that's why I love having just regular women on the show to chat about their life. There's something just, oh, so nourishing about just hearing somebody just talk about their life. And that's why I just love having listeners on the show. And thank you again for coming on. This was so wonderful. Thank you, Leanne. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Marta today. And if you are looking for any of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, head on over to the show notes. If you're unsure where that is, just go to ketodietpodcast.com and look for episode 379 and everything you need will be on that page plus so much more. Okay, I will see you back here next Tuesday for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. Music for the Keto Diet Podcast provided by Yechi. Follow Jacob on Instagram at Yechi underscore official and on Spotify as Yechi. That's Y-E-C-H-I. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.